I want to talk to you just a little bit this morning about obedience, if I could. Obedience, obedience unto the Lord, and I'm going to use kind of a, it's a familiar passage of Scripture. You may not think it really fits this morning, but I'm going to try to make it fit as to where we're going and what God is doing. At our district summit, our district council, I preached a sermon on if, what if. Sometimes it's what if we hadn't, and sometimes it's what if we did. And I like to think it in the positive sense of what if we did? What if, what if we took out the pews? Or what if, we, what if we had a revival? Or what if we supported our missionaries? What God could do? And I think many times it's a question that we have to continually ask ourselves. What, what if God spoke to my heart and wanted to do something different in my life? But uh, I want to share a little bit on obedience this morning. And so if you could take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, and I'm going to read uh, in regards to Jesus' triumphant entry and uh, give some thoughts on that if I could just for a few moments this morning. So uh, Matthew chapter 21, beginning reading with verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples... And he said to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. Well, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them, and they brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your love. We thank you, Father, for your protection and guidance on our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you speak through others to guide and direct. And we thank you, Lord, that, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're so thankful, Lord, that we can study your word and make application to our lives even today. And Lord, I just pray a blessing on the word as we share it this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. We have a mission to accomplish, don't we? A mission that takes place every day of our life. It takes everybody to fulfill the mission of Christ. It takes all kinds of people. It takes the young, it takes the old, it takes the complacent, it takes the stubborn. <laughs> it takes all of us to fulfill the mission of God. I can tell you, and I've already mentioned that every church is different, I can take you to the city of Milwaukee where we have nearly 30 churches. And we work with many of those churches. I can take you to Eau Claire and La Crosse or wherever. And every church is different. Every church has its own culture. Every church has its own personality. And so you can't really just necessarily make a template and say this is the way it is. I discovered that that is kind of the way it is in life. 
A little lesson from the things of God that we can use in life this morning is the fact that God uses all of us. Now, vision is a wonderful thing. I love to have visions. It's an incredible thing. It puts everything into perspective. When you see something, all of a sudden it comes to life. When you see colors, it brings brilliance. You can see distance through your vision. You can see expressions on people's faces. You can see beauty with your vision. You can see sadness. Our vision gives us an awareness of where we're at and what, is our, and what our surroundings are. You know, when I was a child, things looked different than they do today. I was raised on a farm in South Dakota and my dad would take the old H International with a homemade, homemade loader and bucket on it with a lever that would trip the bucket. And he would take the driveway and he would plow the snow and he would pile the snow in the middle of the yard. And we thought that that was a mountain there. Now, I know that that old H International tractor couldn't put that snow that high, but to me, I thought it was a mountain. When I was a child, things looked different. I remember as I was driving down the road with my parents, and uh, shortly after I was born, I was but a small child, and I used to see what looked like a mirage. You know what a mirage is on the highway? When the sun is coming down in the summer and you look ahead on the blacktop and it looks like there's water there. But when you get there, there's no water. It's just the sun, it's just the heat coming off of the ground. And so things look different. Heat coming off of the pavement on the ground many times would make it look like something was there that really wasn't. On our journey in life, we too oftentimes only see life in its present state. We don't really see what is out there before us. Therefore, perspective is everything. How we view things is incredibly important in our lives. When you were young, everything looked large. Life is vast. College was a long ways off. A dollar was a lot of money. Well, maybe it was when some of us were kids. I don't know. You know, age changes everything. We get in a rut many times. We, get, we, get, we, we have had trial and error, and we, we know what works and what doesn't work. And so sometimes our, our perspective changes because we think almost like we're in a tunnel anymore. But I want to talk to you this morning, and I want to have you look with me at the journey of our lives through a different perspective. First of all, I want us to take that passage of Scripture and look at the journey from the eyes of the disciples. My life is a journey. Every day brings new possibilities. Every day brings new opportunities. Every day is a journey for us, isn't it? We're all getting older. And so as we go through this passage of scripture, let's take a look at it, first of all, from the eyes of the disciples. What did the disciples see when they were traveling with Jesus and he came to Jerusalem? I'm sure, it was, I'm sure it was an interesting day for them as, as, as Jesus began to share with them. And Jesus looked at the disciples and he began to share with them about what his plan was for the day. The disciples probably thought, what in the world are you asking us to do? Why, why, would, you, why would you stop here 
and talk to the servants and talk to us and whatever and tell us to go into town and to get a donkey. Why would you do that? Have you ever been in life where seemingly God has spoken to you and it's kind of out of context and all of a sudden you begin to wonder, God, what are you telling me? Why would you tell me that? God, why would you ask me to do this? This is, this is completely out of context. What in the world are you asking us to do? Maybe the disciples thought, as I have thought, and maybe you have thought at times, like, that really sounds stupid. That really sounds crazy. Almost, I'm sure they never thought it, but did you lose your mind, or did the heat get you? Or why would you ask us to do that? Even though sometimes we realize that it was prophesied, and maybe at that point they thought, well, this is part of the prophecy that I'm supposed to do. Maybe they thought, as a lot of us would think, uh, what are people going to think? What are people going to think if I do that? What are, what are people going to think if we... What are people going to think if we take out our pews and put in chairs? Or what are people going to think if we, if we do this? Or <coughs> I'm asked that all the time as district superintendent. They say, well, pastor, why are you doing that? We never used to do it that way before. Well, times have changed. I'm not changing doctrine, but I do do things different now than I did several years ago. I never thought I would. You know? I still believe in holiness and I don't, I don't do sinful things, but I, I sometimes worship different now and I, I sometimes, you know, do things different than I, than I never used to do, you know. Uh, it's just the way life is. It's, culture changes us. What are people going to think? I think it is strange. I think it is strange how other special interest groups are not concerned about what they ch think, but the church is. Special interest groups, they, they, many of these, they, they don't care. They don't care what people are going to say. I mean, they, they, they're they on TV. You know, it's, it kind of bothers me at times. You get, you get a, a group of 50 people in the city of Minneapolis or Milwaukee, and they're on TV. They're a special interest group, and we can have large crusades, and nobody shows up. They, they don't care what people think. If anything, they want the attention. Maybe we should stand up for freedom and our beliefs stronger at times. So the disciples are kind of wondering, Lord, we want to do your will, but this is kind of out of context. Well, let's look at it a little bit farther and maybe the eyes of the servants. Jesus told the servants, he said, I want you to go into town. I want you to go into Whitehall. I want you to go into Jerusalem. And you will find there a donkey tied up, and I want you to go get that donkey and bring it to me. He basically told them to do something in our culture that would have been a little questionable. Why would you, why would you go? That's stealing. You just can't go and get somebody's donkey. You just can't. You just can't, you got to ask. You can't, you're telling us just to go get it and bring it back. He said, go get me a donkey and a colt you will find tied there. Jesus knew. Here is where obedience comes in. How many times have I or you been asked or sense a spirit telling us something and we've refused? Because Jesus sees the big picture. Oh, that's not, that's not in my German culture. That's not in my rural culture. That's not in my urban culture. It's not in my training it's not in my comfort zone. And God might tell you to 
go and share some freshly homemade bread with a new family in town or somebody that's sick or in the hospital. And so the servants were there and God was asking them to go do something out of the ordinary and Lord, what happens if they refuse? Maybe the servants probably are wondering what the owners are going to do or say. Looking out of their hut or looking out of their window and all of a sudden they're, they're maybe they're one and only, I don't know, maybe they had several, but maybe they're one and only donkey and colt were tied there and all of a sudden here's some strangers come by and have you thought about that? I think I would rather be somebody else in this journey, this story, rather than the servants. You know, I'm not sure I would want to walk up to somebody's place and, and just go ahead. And, and yet, if you study the scripture, you will find that God had prophesied earlier that this would happen. But how would, how would you like to just go, I'll stand here this morning and tell you, you go down the street and get that guy's car sitting around the corner over there and bring it over here. I need a ride. And the owner of the house looking out the window and you're driving off in his car. It's kind of the... Putting it in perspective, isn't it? And so they probably wonder, well, what, what, what are the owners uh, going to say? Or maybe this. How do I know for sure this is the right thing? How about this? God, show me a sign first. <laughs> God, ha ha have, have somebody come riding out here and tell me that in case you need it, there's a donkey sitting in front of my house. God, that would be a sign. Hey, well, how about that? No, God didn't do that. Jesus didn't do that. He just said, no, you go. And you go down here to the street and you take a left and you go over here and there'll be a donkey tied there with a colt and you go bring it over to me. I think many times Jesus wants to test, test our faith to really see if we're going to be obedient to him. Amen? And see if we're willing to do something a little out of the ordinary for his cause. You see, it was, more, it was more than the fact that Jesus needed a donkey. It was he was testing the obedience of his followers. Amen. Many times God, God doesn't need me and God doesn't need you to do the work, but he asks us to do it to check our obedience to see if we really love and obey and have faith in him. And so he looked to the servants and basically said, if you really love me, you'll be obedient. You're not going to be concerned about what the owner, God will take care of us. Maybe the owner of the donkeys have servants and they are watching the donkeys and they won't let us have them. They might have thought. But I've discovered this, friends. Obedience to Jesus always brings a blessing. Amen. Obedience to Jesus always brings a blessing. The third set of characters here is, I never thought of this until here some time ago, but the eyes, from the eyes of the donkey on this journey. That's the farmer coming out of me. What is the donkey going to think? In the eyes of the donkey. Maybe the donkey was saying, I don't want to go with you because I am comfortable here and my needs are met and I don't know you. I, uh, I bought a little farmette. It's the farm coming out of me and we have a 
few cattle, beef cattle, that I don't really need to take a lot of time with and whatever, and they graze in the summer. And in the winter, I can put a couple of big round bales in, and they last all week, and so I can be gone and whatever, and there's water there for them, so I don't have to worry about it. But I love the cattle. My wife loves the cattle, unless they're getting out. <laughs> the other day, the bull got out, and I said, honey, we got to get the bull in, and she was not real happy with me getting out there. And it, but so anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but uh, from the eyes of the donkey, you know, I, I can walk out in my pasture, and those few cows that I got, they'll lay right there, and I can walk right up around them. Calves, they... Walk right around. You come out to the pasture and you walk around, they'll get up and take off. They know me. They, had, they, they know me. I can go in there and I mow my lawn and take the grass clippings and put it in the manger and they come and eat and I can walk right down in front of them. They just stand there and I rub their head and whatever they know me. So the eyes of the donkey now, he's standing there under a shade tree in Jerusalem and colt is there and all of a sudden here these strangers come. And walk up to that donkey. The donkey would probably think, I don't want to go with you because I am comfortable here. I'm in the shade. I get care taken here. And you're taking me away. I am not going with you. Maybe the donkey is saying, you tell me first why you are taking me or I will get stubborn. <laughs> you ever been there? Lord, I, I'm not sure. And so I'm comfortable here. And so God, no, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to, I'm not... I'm not going to change. I'm not going to. No. <clears throat> or maybe the donkey is saying, this is not my routine. Has God ever taken you out of your routine, friends? Oh, he takes me out of my routine often. Often. Uh, I think in serving the Lord, sometimes we shouldn't have a routine. Well, maybe a routine going to church and those kinds of things, but at the drop of a hat, the phone can ring or somebody has a need or whatever, and it's out of routine. Most of Jesus' miracles happened not scheduled, but out of routine. He wasn't in routine, and all of a sudden he comes walking to the woman at the well, and that wasn't a normal routine of his, and there he saw the lady at the well. Unscheduled, probably. Normal day of life, and all of a sudden he saw his need. We get in such a routine that every day, every hour, every minute almost, we know we're scheduled. I don't know if you are, but I, I work off of schedules. I work off of routines. I work off of this. And here, all of a sudden, it was like, no, no, this isn't my normal routine. I, I'm supposed to be under the shade tree here eating, and now you're going to take me away. Or maybe the donkey is saying, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Jesus can actually use me? Maybe he's saying, I'm willing. Praise the Lord, finally, I have a great use in life. I don't know what the donkey is thinking. But I've been there. I've been there when all of a sudden I realize that God can use me. Little Larry Levy from Melbank, South Dakota, God can use me if I allow him to take me out of my comfort zone and use me. Yes, I will follow you. Maybe the donkey is thinking, finally somebody can use me. I don't know what the donkey is thinking, but I know it was a part of the journey. Part of the journey of life. Or maybe the donkey is saying, yes. I get to be the one that Jesus will ride. 
I get to be the one. Oh, I've been there many times when it's like, Lord, why did you choose me? Yes, Lord, I, I will serve you. Yes, Lord, I will help you. I will follow you today, Lord. Yes, uh, with excitement in my, in my spirit, I'm going, yes, finally I can be used. I don't know what the donkey's thinking, but I know he was a part of the journey of life. How about from the eyes of the owner of the colt in this story? Well, I wonder what he's thinking. He might have looked out the window of the hut or whatever and said, Hey, hey, you're taking my donkey. Hey, you can't have my donkey. Hey, you, no, I, I, I may need that donkey someday. I don't need him right now. He's tied up. I'm not using him, but no, that's my donkey. Maybe, the don maybe he's thinking of that. And I've been there like, well, I guess I really don't need that right now, but maybe someday I will. And so I'm going to hoard it. I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to let anybody use it. I'm not going to, no, I don't need to, you know, you go get your own. You know, I've worked hard for my donkey and, and, and you've been kind of lazy and you don't have a donkey. And so you get a job like I got a job and you can get your own donkey. I don't know what the owner's thinking. You're taking my possessions. <laughs> Maybe the owner's saying, and I've heard people say this, I don't care what Jesus told you, he didn't tell me. <laughs> huh? I don't care what Jesus told you until Jesus tells me, no, you're not going to take my donkey. I don't care if God really did speak to you, he didn't tell me. Maybe that's what the, donkey, or the, the owner is thinking. Or maybe, why should I listen to you? Why should I listen to you? Maybe he's saying, this doesn't seem right, and how am I going to explain this to my, to my wife? <laughs> how am I going to explain this to my family? <clears throat> well, we got work to do, and where's the donkey? I don't know, some guy that just came and just walked off with my donkey, and I, I don't know where he went. Why you let him take your donkey? Yeah, a guy gets, two servants came, and they, they just took the donkey, and they left. They said it was going to, Jesus or somebody needed this donkey, and so I just said, yeah, I'll go ahead and take it. How do I explain that to my family? But I'd like to think it was this. If Jesus said he needs my donkey, he can have my donkey. Amen. Amen. Oh, give me a district filled with people. Give me churches filled with people that said, if God says he needs, if God says he needs to put somebody over in China as a missionary, give me people that'll support that missionary. If God needs somebody that's going to go to Romania or Bulgaria or wherever it might be, God, give me a church full of people that say, if God needs it, we're going to give it. I really believe that was the heart. That was probably really the heart of the owner. If Jesus said so, Yes, I want to be a blessing. Or journey from the eyes of the crowd. Now they're experiencing this. You know, our actions speak louder than our words, and people see how we as a church function, don't they? Part of the lesson of this, the whole passage of Scripture is, from the eyes of the crowd, what do they see? How is Jesus impacting the crowd? How is Jesus impacting the culture? How is Jesus impacting uh, the arena in which we live? And here's what I think. 
I think sometimes people look at it this way from the crowd. Oh, Jesus is here now, so everything will be okay. I don't have to do anything. Oh, if we go to church, everything will be fine. Oh, if we do this, everything will be fine. Oh, if, you know, if, if God will just touch my body, everything will be fine. My wife and I were visiting with a family yesterday. This family used to attend our church 40 years ago. And the son, two sons and one grew up still serving the Lord and the other grew up and got married and has been married for 20, 25 years and virtually never went to church. And all of a sudden, the one son that never went to church has got a 21-year-old boy and probably hadn't hardly ever been to church at all and now he's off on drugs. Doesn't go to college and in and out of rehab centers and institutions. And I'm standing there talking to the father yesterday. And I said, I remember the days I used to slap you boys up. <laughs> He's in his 40s now. His son is 21. I was talking to the father. And we were joking and laughing. And then we got talking about church. And I said, boy's got to get into church. Well, I can't force him. We're trying to encourage him. Well, they don't go to church. Why would a 21-year-old boy now go to church if the parents have never gone to church and wasn't important before? But all of a sudden now, let's pray for my boy. I've got a need. See how perspectives change? Oh, I'll, have, I need, I'll take God when I, when I need him, but other than that, I don't need God. Maybe the crowd is saying, okay, now Jesus is here. Everything's going to be okay. We don't have to worry about anything anymore. Friends, that is not the case. <clears throat> or maybe they're, they possibly thought he was their provider more than their savior. You see, Jesus is my provider because he's my savior. If I allow him to be my savior... He will be my provider, but he is not my provider because he's a savior. When I commit my life to Christ and give him my all, then he will give me what I need and provide for me. But in the eyes of the crowd many times, oh, now everything's going to be fine. Our provider Jesus is here. And maybe the crowd could only see him in the flesh. Someone who was only for the moment of need or celebration. A hero or a celebrity. Let me tell you, friends, he is not a hero. He's not a celebrity. He's our Savior. Amen. And there's a big difference. We humbly bow down to him because of who he is and what he has done for us. And then lastly, this morning in this passage of Scripture on obedience, the journey from the eyes of Jesus himself. From the eyes of Jesus. Jesus entered the city with boldness and without fear. And I noticed something about Jesus as I studied this passage of scripture. I discovered that Jesus was always approachable. Oh yes, he was a son of God. He wasn't some celebrity where he would get up on some big 
you know, Pope mobile or something and ride in and all of this and that. No, he was always approachable, wasn't he? He was aware of the needs of the people around him. He bore their burdens. He bore their stripes. He bore their pain. He understood that people could only imagine the present, not the future. And he understood that. As I pray and as I study and as I try to lead the district to the best of my ability, I keep asking God that the journey that we're on as a network, help us not only to see the present, but the future. My prayer for this congregation and, and you're moving in that direction is we love the past. We honor the past. We appreciate the present. But God, give us a vision for the future. And that's part of my purpose of being here this morning. It's on the journey of life that we're at as a congregation, as a journey of life that we're on as a district and as a Christian group. God, help us not to just protect the present and hold to the past, but help us to dream about the future and how that we can touch more lives for Jesus. How can we embrace, how can we embrace the kingdom of God and still not move away from the principles that have brought us to where we're at and yet love the unlovable and make them feel comfortable in the house of God? How can we do that? How can we share our faith with those that are unclean and whatever? Help us not to think about the present, but the future. Help us not to waver in our doctrinal beliefs. Help us not to waver in, in, our, in our teaching of the scriptures. Help, help us to hold on to what is pure and holy. But at the same token, help us, God, to be able to reach out and to have a vision for those that don't know Jesus. Our lives are a journey. and We don't know what tomorrow has in store. The songwriter penned, I don't know who, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. Amen. Let's not only look at the present, but continue to believe and to say, what if? What if? What if I made myself available? What if I was asked to provide to fill a need or to be used? What if? What if I need to move out of my comfort zone. What if? I've, all of these things, I'm sure all of these characters in my lesson this morning thought about that. My comfort zone, what if I have to move out? What if I would say, I do believe God can use me. I believe God can use me, and I want to be used of God. God, somehow today, use me. Maybe you could be the donkey. May you, maybe you could be the servant. Maybe you could be the owner of the, uh, of the, uh, of the, of the, go, of the, of the colt and the, and the donkey. God, use me. Maybe you could be the disciple or the servant. I don't know who you can be. What if we would get the thrill of saying yes, yes to God's call in our lives. I can't believe God spoke to me and God wants to use me today in this way. I've never done it before, but yes, Lord, I will follow you. I will do it. I will do it for you, Father. And what if we would ask for new boldness and not be driven by fear in our inhibitions? I believe God has a use for everyone in this church today. 
No matter who you are or your background, God can and wants to use you. An old course goes to be used of God to show someone the way. You know that course? Oh, to be used of God to show someone the way. Let's believe for miracles this week. Let's find somebody we can help to show them the way. Let's pray.